Welcome to another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike of Running High School UC and Carolina Panthers fame. As always, we talk in three different segments. We talk some NFL and Bengals, which we'll save till the end because they were on a bye week. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. Still there, one. Uh, college football in segment two, where Tony Pike's beloved UC Bearcats. He was on the scene for a game in which. I think Luke Fickle said it all when the camera caught him taking a deep sigh of relief when that yeah. field goal went through to survive against East Carolina. But we will start with high school football because it is playoff time across the board. Indiana is already in sectional final mode. Two games there to touch on very quickly, and then we'll move to Kentucky, uh, Ohio and Kentucky. In Indiana, in Class 4A, East Central, no surprise, is still alive. East Central on Friday night uh, in Class 4A. They are in the sectional championship game, sectional 23. They will travel to Mooresville. Mooresville comes in at 9-2. and two. And in sectional or Class 3A, sectional 31 championship, Lawrenceburg is at Greensburg. Lawrenceburg, uh, Hannah Greensburg, I believe a three-touchdown defeat earlier this year in the regular season. So pretty good chance for both those teams to move to what would be the, uh, the semi-state round. And uh, I think we both have thought all along both of those teams could make long runs. Lawrenceburg is 10-1, and one, the lone loss to East Central. Um, both coming off good playoff victories uh, last week. I, 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 I mean, I think they get to Lucas Oil Stadium, both of them. Yeah, I, I, I do too, and I don't know that – I mean, East Central's had some really good games, especially the game against Harrison. Yep, but I think we're finding out Harrison's pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, and you see what Harrison is. And I think at the same time with Lawrenceburg, they found out what they were, they, what they were week one because they played East Central, and they, they hung with them for a half. And, uh, and I think that's carried them through – uh, we've mentioned their their quarterback before, Garrett Yoon, his brother Gavin. Yep. Uh, they have talent on the field. They can throw it. They can run it. Uh, and they're getting stopped. So they are a team, especially for Indiana, when you talk about making it to Lucas Oil, you take the weather out of it. That's right. And you take the, those factors yeah. out of it. So you can still throw the ball around. And I think that benefits them if they can make it there. No question. So good luck to, to both of them. Uh, let's move to uh, Ohio, where we'll start. We'll just go kind of chronological. We'll start in Division One, Region Four, where after Friday night, where uh, uh, Colrain knocked off Fairfield, it jumbled the top four. Those top four were pretty much set that we're going to get home games, and that didn't change. The order did change. Let's talk first about about Colrain winning that game, sixteen to ten in overtime. Uh, Fairfield had a chance in the overtime. They had first and goal, I believe, at the two, and then had a penalty knock them back and, and didn't get in and lost at 16-10. to 10. Mm-hmm. I think if push came to shove, if you asked me if they played 10 times, I would tell you I think Fairfield wins six of those 10. But but Colerain, when, you, when you've when won as many games in that league in a row, yeah. you know how to win games like that. And I don't think it's a coincidence that, that they win games like that, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked on the, the very first show we did this year about – Is this the year? Is the year. Because everyone preseason said, well, it's Princeton. And they said, well, it's Fairfield. Colerain just sat there and they stayed quiet. <laughs> it's, us. it's us. They lost their coach and they do what they've done now for how many years? 20 plus years? Uh, yeah, tw- 20 plus years in that yeah, league. So. They've lost, w- they are one, I believe I'm doing this all the time. They're 141 and one. Yeah. The win on Friday was their 83rd in a row since they lost that one game to Middletown back in 2008. It's truly amazing. Yep. And I had somebody ask me, uh, one of the new writers from that's covering the Bengals. Um, from out of the area, but a big high school football fan. They both came from Texas, and one guy said, uh, he said, is that league just that bad? I said, no, not really. It's a pretty good right. league. It's had some pretty good talent. It's just they have been that dominant in that league. Well, they've been dominant for so long, but this year was kind of like, okay, these other teams have a lot of skill and they have a lot of talent, and they've found ways to win. To win. And I even go back, I know Sanex beat Colerain, but it was a return kick early in the yep. game, and St. X jumped on them on them early. It was 21-7 at the half, yeah. right, and wound up 21-14. Yeah, so they didn't score in the second. So, Colerain is going to be a tough out. It's just, there's some, when you talk matchups, I mean, there's some really good first-round matchups. I mean, Princeton gets in, all the talent in the world on that roster, 
I'm not sure a I w- shot at Cole Rain. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to face him if I'm somebody. Right, let's go down those those matchups. Mason, speaking of which, beating yep. Princeton on Friday night, doing it handily, coming back from 19-7 to down a game I broadcast on ESP Media. We'll have the Princeton-Cole Rain game for you as well on ESP Media this Friday night. But Mason got in at 5-5. Five and five. They're at uh, number one St. Xavier, uh, which, again, St. X finished one in the Harbins. Uh, they're 8-2. and two. I, I like what I saw from Mason, and, and we saw a few years ago, right, for that St. X team that got in at 5-5 five and five yep. and then won the state championship. I think it is just get in and give yourself a fighting chance. Um, that being, And Mason's played really well. They're, they've only lost two games since they started 0-3. Those two losses were very close games against Coleraine. They had them down in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. lost 33-28, lost the week before that to Lakota West, which is also in the playoffs. I, I guess I would give Mason a puncher's chance at 5-5. Five and five. This is not a year where you look and go, eh, it's just the 8th seed. Yeah. They got no chance against the 1. X is good. I don't think you and I feel they're dominant. So maybe this is a, this is a tough matchup for X. I think X is different this year because they're not dominant defensively. They can give up points. Offensively, they're great. Defensively, they can give up points. When you get to the playoffs, we've talked before, obviously you want to have talent. You want to be able to run the ball and play defense. But at the same time, you have to be playing good football. And who better to do that right now than what Mason is doing? Right. So you're going in riding a hot streak. You're confident. You feel good about what you just did last week. That, that says a lot about going forward and, and how far you can make that run. Yeah, and as much as when, when X got in at 5-5, five and five, some of that was due to the tough schedule that, that X played, and you understood some of right. that. But no one – and again, in that, that was a year where Sycamore actually had them beat in the, uh, in the regional championship game. They came back. Coleraine, the week before that in the second round, um, had them down. They came back. They just seemed like a team of destiny. If you're Mason, I think if I'm Brian Castro, that's what I'm telling my guys is, listen – Hey, look how we just played after we were down 19-7. to That's how good we can be when we really focus and, and execute and all those things and got a chance to push through. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that would be my message. Uh, all right, also, number seven, Hamilton. Got in at 5-5. Five and five. How about the job that uh, that Nate Mahan's yeah. done after he did a great year job in Little Miami? Year one, getting them to the playoffs after they went 1-9, I believe, each of the last two years. Uh, got to 5-5. Five and five. They get in. They play at number two, Fairfield. And if you, if you put a gun to my head, I would still tell you Fairfield is the team to beat in this region, in my opinion. I know they just lost to Coleraine. I, I, I love that football. I think they're really, really talented. They're well-coached. They're good defensively. Got a great back in Juton McClain. I, I think they would be chomping at the bit to get some semblance of a rematch with Coleraine. Yeah, I, I think the, the only thing for me, I just want to see how they react after yeah, a loss. Right. And with the way these matchups are set up and with the way you know that these teams are set up across the playoffs, anyone can, can like you said, there's no really clear-cut number one. So, you know, there's... Fairfield can make a run. X can make a run. Elder can make a run because they're built for this type of, of weather and stuff going forward. So it should just be it, it, it should be a really fun next couple weeks as these playoffs unfold. Yeah, you mentioned Princeton. They're number six. They're at number three, Coleraine. And you just mentioned Elder. that They got in at number four. They will host Lakota West. Um, so Tom Bolton gets Lakota West in the playoffs in his first year and, and doing a, a great yeah. job and, and no real shock and surprise there, the job that, that Tom Bolton has done. Um, all right, let's move on to Division Two And give me one second here. Because my phone is now frozen up on Division me. Division two is the well. That, that's let, the, let, that's let, the epitome let, let, of this show. Let's start with the team that didn't make angry it. QBs, angry team. How is Winton Woods not in the playoffs? It is if there is a flaw to the Harbins, and I do like Man. the Harbins probably more than I like the Kentucky system, where just about everybody gets in. The flaw in the Harbins is you get no credit for scheduling tough. Or losing a, a game to a quality right. opponent. I mean, they're 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 three losses. Look at their losses. Lakewood St. Edward, yep. which handed Elder one of its two losses. They lost two Elder by five points, and they lost to a team from Missouri, which lost, which went eight and two. Right. Um, 
They beat. They I guess beat you the can argue. Ske- yeah, they beat LaSalle heads up. They, yep. they can't yeah, control right. in scheduling that Moeller's going to be down, and it's hard for Wynn Woods to get teams to want to openly play him. Yeah, that's why the move to the league should help him. But at the yeah, same they're time, moving to the ECC. So. Yeah, at the same time, it's like I mean, you, you you can't get these teams to play because they know what you are and they know how good you are. So teams don't want to schedule you. So you have to schedule hard, and and when you do that. Even though it's close, you don't get rewarded. Right. Even though you beat the number one overall seed, that's crazy. I mean, it in is, Division Two, that, that, that's what I'm saying. There is a there is a flaw to the Harbins, which is that yeah. it, it is. I mean, they scheduled a Moeller. Yeah. You you expect in a down year to, for Moeller to win four, maybe five, yep. and if Moeller had won four, maybe five, yep. then They're they would have gotten some second level points. Instead, Moeller wins two. You can't yeah. control that. Nobody's telling you. Boy, you scheduled soft because you scheduled Moeller. No, yeah. you didn't. You scheduled, and, in theory, tough because yeah. you scheduled Moeller. Edgewood normally is a good team. Correct. They only won a couple of games. And at the end of all this, you arguably lose the best player in Ohio yeah. that won't be Ryan in the Williams. playoffs, yep. Ryan Williams. All right, let's look locally in Division Two, Region Eight. Little Miami at uh, number eight, eight and two. They got a big win over Simon Kenton, one of your quarterbacks again, doing a great job. Brody Reader had what almost five hundred yards passing in that yeah. game. Ran um, for I think a hundred as well. And so. that and they had to win that yep. game to get in. That Down win early. actually that win actually knocked Winton Woods out of the playoffs. Yeah. Winton Woods would have gotten in had Little Miami lost this game. Yep. So I'm uh, interested to see because I know it's a it's a long shot, but but that offense with Brody against is it LaSalle? Yeah, number one LaSalle. I mean, against LaSalle. LaSalle's defense is great, but um, my only question with LaSalle, can they put up enough points in a game where they need to? Right, right. And th- their defense is going to be great, but if a team can get 28 points on the board, can LaSalle score enough to win that I game? I think LaSalle is head and shoulders above anybody in this region with yeah. Wynn Woods out. I-, I really do. And that that's no knocking. Let's look at the next team in there. Number two, Turpin, hosting Columbus St. Francis de Sales, 8-2. Turpin ran the table 10-0. and They just have not faced the same level. Yeah, now, again, just... i got to give them credit for the 10-0 and they're a little unorthodox in the way they do things, yep. um, so that makes them tough. But I just, I, I watching LaSalle, knowing what LaSalle played, it just feels to me like LaSalle's head and shoulders above. And Harrison, we'll have the broadcast of the Harrison game. Um, or actually, came back. We'll have Little Miami LaSalle this Friday night uh, on ESP Media. Uh, I think we we'll actually will have Harrison as well. Harrison hosting Canal Winchester. We do so. You'll have three games on ESP Media this Friday night. Harrison at eight and two, Canal Winchester also at eight and two. Then you get uh, Harrison, another good quarterback, Connor Canet, but with LaSalle, another one of your guys. You yeah, got guys all over the they place. They were all over the place, but with LaSalle, what better way to go into the playoffs than going and winning at the pit? No doubt, and getting a win and, against and knowing Donner. you don't have to go through the gauntlet of Winton Woods. Correct, right? I mean, you you yeah, got you you a to great lease of great life. going in. Exactly. All right, Division Three, Region Twelve, local matchups are number six St. Mary's Memorial at number three Franklin. St. Mary's is eight and two. Uh, Franklin is nine and one. And how about this for a cross uh, cross town matchup? If you will. number five Ross taking on Hamilton Baden, they'll play at Hamilton High School. Ross at eight and two. Hamilton Baden at seven and three. No teams qualified in Division Six, Region Twenty Four. All the games we just talked about will be on Friday. On Saturday, our divisions four, five, and seven in Division Four, Region Sixteen. Uh, we got a bunch of teams locally that made it. Obviously, Wyoming finishing ten and zero, beating Indian Hill on Friday night. It was a close game, though. It was. And how about Evan Prater just said, "Okay, I'll just run for three hundred plus." Yeah, yards. exactly. It's pretty pretty easy. Yeah, they'll host uh, Milton Union uh, eight and two. They're the number eight seed. Clinton Massey, the number two seed, nine and one, hosting number seven Valley View at eight and two. Roger Bacon finishing at nine and one. Strong. They get in. They play out Waynesville nine and or, uh, nine and one, and then Indian Hills we mentioned uh, at eight and two. They've got to travel all the way up to Kenton, which I didn't realize this. That's almost up by Mansfield. Yeah, it's a long. How way. is that in your region? Yeah. Can Can you help me with that? I don't know. Man, oh man. 
All right, Division 5, Region 20. Number 8, Blanchester got in at 6-4. and four. Great story for them to get in. At number 1, Taft, 9-1. and one. I like Taft. I think they're, they're – I saw them against yeah, – I did I broadcast their game legit. with Beachwood. They're good defensively. they got a good quarterback. They can run it a little bit. Yep. They tackle. Um, they're a good team. Uh, Country Day at number 7 has to travel to number 2, West Jefferson. They're 9-1. and one. CHCA, 8-2, and two, plays at number 3, Sean E., which is also 8-2. and two. And the Madeira in the showdown on Friday night with Marymont. I believe it was winner got in, loser yep. did not. Madeira finishing number five. They'll play at number four, West Liberty Salem. And in Division Seven, Region 28, New Miami, which uh, finished undefeated at 10-0, will host New Bremen 7-3. And, and Cincinnati College Prep, which finished 8-2, will host Lima Perry. Did, uh, was it Redding at the 9? Uh, Redding was the 17th. Just missed. Yeah, they just, just <laughs> by a hair. All right, in Kentucky, here's the quick matchups we go into, and they have these in pods. So these Is winners like will play each other. week? It, it is to some degree. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to give Kentucky you the records five. of who plays who, and okay. you can just gloss over those. In Class A, District Four, Number Four, Dayton, which finished four and six, playing at or playing against Newport and Central Catholic at Newport High School, eight and two. Your guy Paul Kramer, another he's my guy too, but he's your yeah, guy. Yeah, big Kramer. win. It was a big, big come guy. from behind. Didn't, was ha- it a, didn't uh, have my guy Caleb Jefferson playing that game. Either. 80, 80 yards yep. in under two minutes under two for minutes. the win against Beachwood. That's a that's a big win for for Paul Kramer and the New Cath Thoroughbreds. And Number Three, Bellevue, two and eight, plays at Number Two, Ludlow, seven and three. Um, in the Class A District 5 pod, Bracken County at 0-10 gets in, taking on Nicholas County 7-3. Upset special. Paris 2-8 playing saved it at 6-4 the Bishop Rosser. Essentially, though, if you're a Kentucky high school coach yes. and you face some injuries early, would you just rest guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Until the playoffs? Probably. Like take the Houston college approach right now? Yeah, I can't remember what – oh, this is in basketball where, where a team actually tanked the game so they wouldn't have to face a team – the way the seating worked yeah. out, which is the strangest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think I would. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. Um, in Class 2A, District 5, Gallatin County, 1-9 at number 1, Walton, Verona, 6-4. and four. Mm. Owen County, 3-7, and seven, plays at 7-3, and three, Carroll County. In 2A, District 6, uh, Beachwood dominated all three of the teams in this district, but they finished 5-5 five and five after losing to Newcastle. They'll host Holy Cross, 2-8, and eight, and a real good game on the other side, Newport, 6-4 and four, at Lloyd, 7-3. and three. In the Class... 4A District 6 pod, Holmes, which won the district 7-3. and three. By the way, our condolences to uh, Holmes, Ath- yeah. Holmes and the athletic department there. Stan Steidel, the athletic director and a longtime uh, high school sports advocate. Uh, he's one of the guys that started the All-A Classic over in Northern Kentucky. He passed away dying uh, either uh, from complications uh, from a health issue, uh, which caused his car to crash, or from a car crash itself on, on Monday night. So Holmes is going to play with a heavy heart there. They host Harrison County 4-6, and six, and Rowan County 6-4 and four hosts Scott also at six and four in class five a district five, Cooper five and five plays at number one Covcath, which just rolled the table ten and zero. And the rematch Highlands six and four at Connor seven and three Highlands losing to Connor twenty one seventeen in the regular season. That might be the most dangerous thing for Connor is that they lost that they rather right. they beat Highlands because I'm guessing Highlands is chomping at the bit yep, for the rematch to there. get back exactly in class six a district six Campbell County at one and nine Campbells. Playing at Simon Kenton six and four, and Dixie Heights four and six at Ryle five and five. So there's your your playoff matchups. I think you've got a chance for probably Newcath to get to at least the state semifinal round in A. Beachwood to still probably get to it to the state semifinal round mm-hmm. in two A. Covcath to yes. probably possibly run the table or at yes. least get to the state championship game in five A. And I. I guess Simon could get to the re- – well, they would get to the regional championship game. I don't know if they could get beyond that. So there you go. There's the analysis for Kentucky high school football it's playoffs. It's pretty deep. It's no deep analysis. Around. All right, when we come back, we'll talk some college football. The first college football playoff rankings are going to be unveiled 
on the eve of us doing this podcast. We will talk about that. We'll talk about UC's debacle. We'll talk about a win. Could Luke Fickle be following Mike Bone to Los Angeles? I don't know if Mike Bone's leaving or we not. I don't know if Mike Bone's leaving or not yet what is either. What's going it's, on? It's been a while since that announcement uh, or the, the the news leaked on that. And we still got some NFL and Bengals to discuss towards the end of this podcast as well. It's the weekly Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner. He's Tony Pike from the James Rapine Memorial Studio, which has moved. Oh, yeah. This is ESP Media. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. When choosing a law firm, experience counts as well as empathy and personal attention. Since 1986, the dedicated team of attorneys and staff at Fox & Fox have shared a passion for winning and aggressively fighting to obtain justice our clients deserve. But victory is not the only driving force at Fox & Fox. We also measure our success by the well-being of the people we serve. Call 513-961-6644 today or contact us online at foxfoxlaw.com for a free initial consultation regarding workers' compensation, social security disability, or criminal law. Romaldo has been helping men, and now women, look their best for over 50 years. Established in 1968 by Master Taylor Romaldo in the quaint community of Madeira, Ohio, Romaldo has become a Cincinnati staple for authentic menswear, bespoke garments, and old world tailoring. Gathering national recognition while staying true to their goal of delivering exceptional products with unparalleled service, Romaldo is truly a destination for any style-minded individual. Located at 7121 Miami Avenue in the heart of Madeira, Romaldo is more than just a suit shop. Stop in for anything from denim and t-shirts to sport coats, sweaters, grooming products, and much more. As we approach the holidays, Romaldo is your one-stop shop for the best gifts for the men and women in your life. Centrally located just 15 minutes from downtown, 10 minutes from Hyde Park, and a quick jaunt from Mason, Romaldo, suited for the everyday man. 7121 Miami Avenue in Madeira. Welcome back in to segment two of this week's Angry Quarterbacks podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike. We just talked some high school football with the playoffs upon us in both Kentucky and Ohio and Indiana in the sectional championship game. Let's talk some college football. Let's start first with with the whole situation with Mike Bone going to USC. Yeah. It was uh, it was reported last week by multiple outlets, and really no no one denied it, that he was going to take the job as yeah. athletic director at USC. It's he been was open. there. Yeah, he was there. It was open, it's been open since Lynn Swan um, was let go. They've had an interim in yep. place. Uh, so they, they were going to hire Mike Bohm, but there's been no official announcement. And now the sticking point seems to be the president of the university doesn't want to hire Urban Meyer, which might be the dumbest damn thing I've ever yeah. heard. And Mike Bohm is saying, well, no, 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 I, it's my hire. I, I want my guy. So the, the story that came out this morning – um, was basically that other ADs that have applied for the job were also told they couldn't go after Urban Meyer. And that, they said, that, well, I'm That's the I'm dumbest out. thing ever. Yeah, it's stupid. So apparently the story that's out, and I don't know the validity to it, but the story that's out is that basically Bone wasn't given that information when he said he was going to take the job. So now it's kind of like, well, wait a second. Yeah, I'm taking him. this job for a, a reason because we're going to try to get Urban Meyer in here and we want to win. And the president is now coming back and saying, well, no, we're, we're not going to hire Urban Meyer. So um, that makes an interesting situation. You know, Mike Bone, um, according to the people that I talked to at UC, hadn't really made it known he was shopping around much. It was kind of a shock. Yeah, it, it's a, it, I, yeah. Mean, I, I would tell you when I saw the story Friday and I had to put it up on our website, I was right. stunned. So to me, it's one of those situations, 
does he just come back to UC or? Well, I'll ask you that because I, I, for I, I, well, well, for all purposes, it's not like he left for a lateral move. I mean, right. he's leaving for an iconic institution right. to some degree, right? That and I, and I'll say this: pay him a significantly amount bigger money, and he's in a Power Five conference. Right. Well, we we had to talk Friday. I don't think you begrudge him, right? No, we had to talk Friday about if he left, how can you knock him? He did right. all he could to get into the Big Twelve. He finished the basketball he arena. He oversaw the basketball arena. They have hired um, between baseball, women's basketball. Men's basketball and football, he's knocked four hires out of the park. Yeah. So I have no ill feelings on that. The, the only question is now, you know, if he comes back, do you just usher him back in? Is there a type of, hey, we need some type of guarantee going forward that you're well, acting on our well, interest? Let's, let's UC has not announced officially that he's left either. Correct. And I, you know, I reached out to their, their SID on the news and he said, you know, we don't comment on anybody else's search, which is fine. I knew that was coming. Um, but. You know, then you're expecting UC to announce Mike Bone is leaving for, right. for USC. We're beginning a search. Uh, supposedly they were going to put Maggie McKinley in place yeah, as the interim, and kind of a weird time. And maybe right she now. is because he's. I guess he's not really on the job at the moment because right. he's kind of in in limbo. I, in my own opinion, and I'm not as close to it as you are. I, I'd say yeah, I would take him yeah. back. Now you'd also have to have the knowledge of another Power Five school comes along. Right. He's probably going to take that. Right. Well, the the interesting aspect to this is, and this this ties in with. This current UC team, you have a coach that last year won eleven and two. You have a coach that this year is seven and one, and winnable games down the stretch to to possibly play in a uh, New Year's Six bowl. Right. Um, this next month is going to be extremely important for this football team. Yes. Because every job that opens up from here to the end of the year, Luke Fickle is going to be one of the top three names talked about yeah so let's stop there for a second and i I agree with you but you need mike bone or an ad in place to to, do that yes correct i've had people that's that that connected the dots that luke fickle would follow mike bone to usc and i said that just doesn't feel right he's more of a midwest guy urban Mm -hmm. meyer always it always felt like when usc was going to make the move with clay helton and he certainly didn't help himself with his team's performance on saturday against oregon um that urban meyer was the logical easy smart first choice i think it was a matter of did Urban want to do that? I always thought Urban did right. want to do that. So that's the part for me. I, let's say then if this becomes maybe not the deal breaker and they tell Mike, you can hire anybody but but Mike Bone, but but uh, but Urban Meyer. Do you think he, he thinks Luke is ready for that job and up for that job and, and, and offers that job? Or does he look for more West Coast type? No, I, th- I think he would. I mean, when you look what Luke Fickle has done, and I think when you're talking Luke Fickle, I think you could entice Marcus Freeman to join him. Defensive coordinator and and but if you're UC, wouldn't you try to entice Marcus Freeman you to would, be your next head? You coach? would have to, but if you're Marcus Freeman and you still feel like maybe you need another year or two as a coordinator, okay, then you go and you get a substantial pay raise. You're coaching in Southern Cal and you have a chance to expand from there. But uh, to me, I I thought if Urban would have said no to Bone, that he would reach out to Luke Fickle just because. I mean, you look back, Luke or, or Mike Bone was the one that kind of gave Luke Fickle his chance. No doubt. I mean, that was a a national search, and he zeroed in on a guy that doesn't really have much head coaching experience other than being an interim coach at Ohio State, and he gave and Luke that, Fickle and, that chance. And that was an important hire based on coming off the Tommy Tuberville Correct. experience. That was a huge hire. And and Mike Bone has seen what Luke Fickle and this staff have done recruiting. Uh, they've seen the product that's been on the field, and they turned around the Tommy Tuberville era. And, again, last year 11-2, and two, and this year well on their way to another double-digit win season. So. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a name that a lot of teams talk about and a lot of programs talk about. And the issue with me 
unless it's Mike Bone or someone else in a full role, anyone that's recruiting against Cincinnati is using oh, that. kill it. And yeah. the current recruits and the coaching staff have the same question. So there's going to be a lot more questions than answers uh, if Mike Bone does decide to stay at USC. And there's never a good time for – that to take place if you have somebody that you really like and has done right. a good job. This could be one of the leave. worst, though. This could be absolutely yes. the worst time for that to happen, by by far. Let's talk about the UC product on the field. Um, this first college football rankings will come out tonight. Uh, we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday morning, Tuesday night. They, they will come out. I think you and I were debating this. As, as some, some who may not know, what the highest non-Power 5 mm-hmm. ranked team gets an automatic birth into right. a New Year's Six Bowl. And right now, that would be either be UC or Memphis. Who do you think, and again, I'm asking you this, and people are going to be yeah. listening to this podcast maybe after the rankings are out. Is Memphis ahead of UC, or is UC ahead of Memphis, in your opinion? To me, I still think UC's ahead of Memphis. Even though Memphis got yeah, that win over but, SMU. But the, the good thing is, is they played each other play in the last other, right. game of the year. Yeah, it's a good call. So, um, Memphis is scheduled going forward. I think they have South Florida and Houston. That sounds right. And UC has... The, maybe the worst team in FBS this week in UConn, Connecticut. Yep. And then they have South Florida and Temple. I still think that South Florida game is scary. It just is. Based it, on the way this team's playing right now, it just doesn't It's not even great. the way they're playing. It's the way they have played on the road the last couple yeah. of years. They, nothing's been easy on the road. I think getting Temple at home helps this team. Yeah, yeah. Um, this week, I, I, I use yeah, this the, week's a layup. I use the term a get-right game. It is Because you right can game. get a lot of confidence for a lot of players. But, yeah, the South Florida game is still a hurdle for this team. But, I mean, you look forward to that possible day after Thanksgiving in Memphis. Uh, those teams could actually play each other back-to-back yeah. weeks in the conference championship game as well. So And could play back-to-back in Memphis. Correct. <laughs> so, for me, it's you know it, it's one of those things. Uh, I think UC's ahead, but at this point, it doesn't matter yeah, because it'll sort your, itself out. your path is you going to sort itself out. You just can't out. probably lose one of those games. Right, you, up to you Memphis. can't lose on the way out. Yeah. And that's why ECU would have been such a detrimental loss. Yeah, agreed. All right. It wasn't a detrimental loss because they found a way to win, but it it it, it brought up a lot of issues. W- w- what has gone south with this defense, or what went south with this defense? Well, I think right now UCF's got to be kicking themselves. No question for not taking more shots down the field, uh, because Marcus Freeman has made it very known that they're going to be aggressive on the outside, and that means a lot of man-to-man coverages. And when you do that, one of two things has to happen: you either get home fast, you better get home to the quarterback, which. Um, Holt Naylor's dropped back 52 times and wasn't sacked once. That's crazy. Not one sack. And they were blitzing. They were trying. So, if Marcus Freeman's going to say, I'm going to play man-to-man, you better get home with a blitz. Your front four better get there. Your linebackers better drop underneath to where they need to drop. Or you need to kind of bite the bullet a little bit and start playing some zone coverages. And and tell your D you can't get beat deep. So it's not just everyone. Well, I guess here's the question. Was, was this also just a combination of sometimes a guy gets a hot hand and yeah. Naylor's had a hot hand? Or was this something where you're looking and going, boy, moving forward, you better you better fix this. Well, there there was Houston hit some big plays it, down the did. field against them. Not enough, but they yep. did hit some Tulsa big Tulsa was able to, to move the ball. And, and, and it really turnovers. If not turning the yeah. ball over so many times. Uh, they have not played a clean game since kind of that Marshall yeah. UCF type of run that they were on. So – uh, to me, this this team still has a lot of question marks, not just defensively, because I think Marcus Freeman figures stuff out, and I think they come up with schemes to try to get to the quarterback. My thing is, offensively, they've played eight games, and I don't know what their identity is. See, I don't think they know either. I mean, like the first quarter, Michael Warren had, what, 90? Five carries and like 92, 93 and yards. And then had, what, three in the second Yeah, quarter. so it's like, for me, it's almost like they get too cute at times. 
Like you could have lined up against ECU like they did when they were down twelve in the fourth quarter. They lined up and ran the ball down the field. Yeah, and, and I'm sure UC fans are thinking, like, hurry yeah, up, hurry no, up, hurry up, hurry up a little but bit. It, but it worked out perfectly. But you have a game, and I'll say this: you have a game where you gave up 535 passing yards. Des Ritter was 12 for 24 throwing. You were down 12 in the fourth, and you found a way to still win. Yeah, on the which road, which is great on the road. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't mask you need, everything. You though. need to stop just getting too cute and saying, "Look, if this team can't stop Mike Warren." then I'm not going to try to be cute and run quarterback sweeps. I'm not going to try to run misdirection play action. I'm going to line up and run down their throat with Mike Warren and Jared Dokes and, and Desmond Ritter, and when they want to stop it, then we'll take our shots. Because they've shown the ability with Alec Pierce to take shots down the yes. field. But it, to me, first play of the game is a shot play. You get the look you wanted. Des Ritter takes an extra hitch, and the ball is underthrown. So Des is not comfortable with what he's seen right now to release the ball. So – Ride, ride your your strong point. Ride your running backs, and you see it from the offensive linemen did, when they're coming off the field. Like run the ball behind us, and then you set up play do, action. Do you think they got worried about the running game the way it it was bogged down a little bit early this year, where they decided yeah. to try to open it up, and they've kind of tried to expand that from there? Yeah, I, I think there was different times they did, but and, ma- and maybe the, maybe that fourth quarter then showed. Listen, if yeah. we just line up and run it. I think we, I think we, you we, find we out in the this. fourth quarter, and, 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 and you're going to do that. You're going to be able to do anything you want against right. UConn for and, and sakes. my question is, when you have an offense that was as hot as ECU, why not run the ball Slow and, and take down. some yeah. take some time off the clock? So, to me, they they kind of they lost their cool in more ways than one. If you look at the first half, ten penalties, yep. all the personal foul calls. I mean, you have to understand now. And I was talking to a coach on the field um, at the end of the game. You got to understand what winning means. Like you have to carry yourself that way, so you don't talk to the fans that are screaming at you. Every team's going to want to provoke you. You got to you got to be able to step away because no, every right. team that's watching that film now, it's like the Vontez perfect effect. Hey, if we push and push and push, they're going to lose their cool and we're going to get a free fifteen yards. Yep. So you got to. It, it's hard because you can't really practice that stuff. I, but it's you like, can you can address as a coach, right? I, you can, I, and I guess the, the question is, how do you hold the guy accountable? Right. Do you yank him on the spot right. and keep Which him out? Which is for confusing because Luke Fickle is like the most buttoned up, You're right? Prepared, like level head, like. He's a guy you wouldn't expect his team to have those right, right. those blunders. So I, I, right, so I guess the question is, what, what's being done to hold those guys right. accountable? And I think that's I think especially in a game like this against UConn, if, if something happened, you just pull them. Yeah, and you say, okay, then we'll find another way to, to get through to you because when guys and you can circle the same guys are making the same right. plays and the same extracurricular stuff, something has to get done. Like look, I, I I say it this way: if you can't run the ball, you can scheme away to run the ball. If you can't get to the passer, you can scheme a way to do that. It's hard to scheme to stop getting penalized unless you make a statement. On stuff like that. Correct. Yeah, on stuff like that. That's yep. just simply shut your mouth and go back to the huddle and play right. the game. It's not yep. really that hard. UC, by the way, is a 35-point favorite yes. on Saturday. They kick off is at 3.30 at Nippert Stadium. Uh, Ohio State with a layup this week. They play a noon kickoff. They are a 44-point favorite against Maryland. And I think I'm going to take them to cover and cover with ease. Do you remember like the first three games of the season? It felt like Maryland was going to score like eighty points every I, game. I was in where was I was in I, I, the first ba- first Bengals road trip to Seattle. I flew through Los yeah. Angeles and actually was there to watch the Ohio State game was on the Ohio State UC game yep. was on. So I was in the airport bar, able to watch the first half of that. And Maryland was playing somebody. Res- oh, Syracuse at the time. Syracuse yeah. was ranked. Syracuse is a train wreck. They gave up five hundred yards rushing to Boston College last Saturday, but they boat raced Syracuse, and I thought. Wow, boy! Look at Maryland. Look where they are. They're terrible. Right. They're a mess. Like I, uh, they. I thought they were going to be like sixty points a game. Yeah. And they are. They awful. got. Well, they have seven last week against Michigan. Yep. Lost thirty-eight to seven. This, this will. This State. will. This will be. 
Because this will be whatever Ohio State even, wants to this score. This isn't even a look at game because Ohio State's got Rutgers next. This will yeah. be 51, 58, nothing. This is literally what Ohio State wants to score. Yes, exactly. exactly. And now, because you're going to see the playoffs, the rankings come out this week. Now you want to start adding a little bit points, to some now games. Style yep, points. Now you get some style. Wins. All right, let, 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 I'm going to get to. Well, I'll, I'll touch on these and we'll get to the, to the where Ohio State may be ranked in the college football rankings. Uh, Miami plays a matching game on Wednesday at rival Love Ohio. It. We got matching tonight. We too. got matching tonight. We got double header on Tuesday night. We got Kent State, Toledo, Ball State, Western Michigan. Maction. Get to I love it. I love the matching. We are in that time of year. You actually got a uh, uh, AAC game on Thursday as well. The Temple at South Florida. Mm. So you can watch that one. And Friday you got an AAC game as well. UCF and Tulsa. This is the time of year where you got football this, every night, Tony. This to me. And basketball starting. I was going to say, this to me, when you get the college basketball slate, you get NBA, you get college football, you got it NFL. All. You got everything. You're every a, night of the week, you're, you're a sports good. fan junkie. Um, Kentucky this week hosts Tennessee coming off of a bye week and uh, a chance to possibly win out for Kentucky. They got Tennessee, they're actually a one point underdog at home, which surprised me a little bit. But Tennessee, to its credit, has played a yes. lot better as the season's gone along. Jeremy Pruitt's done a nice job. After that disastrous start with Georgia State and a couple other games, they've actually played a whole lot better um, in, in a tough spot. What's here. the pulse around Kentucky when you hear? Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Mark Stoops and, and names that yeah, start Mark, to come available for these. Florida State's open. Well, Mark Stoops would be a great fit. Yeah, I the, I think there's validity to that rumor on, on many fronts. People are thinking they're not going to hire Kentucky's coach. Well, let, let's get a couple things straight here. Mark Stoops was the defensive coordinator at Florida State when right. they were having a run of success. That's where he came from. Um, so it, it's a it's a natural fit. I've been critical of him at times at Kentucky, but it's hard for me to look at what he's built over the last three years and say he hasn't done a good job. Mm-hmm. He started from very, very little, and he didn't do much for the first few years, and all you kept hearing about was he's recruiting great, recruiting great. Well, guess what? He did, and so he built, he rebuilt that program. So you would say if you can build something at Kentucky, sustainable, and it feels like he has, right. I'm not here to tell you they're going to do what they did last year. They're not an 11-2 year-in, year-out program. They're an 8-4 and four, Nine and three on a good year, and if you have just the best year of best yep. years, you can get to the ten and two mark and, and do what they did last year. But they're never going to be in the national picture. And, it, and again, you but are. you built something, and that's where if you're Florida State, you've tried to make all these sizzle hires. How about a guy that you look and go, right. he's built something at a tough but place to build something. He's built something, and he's got ties to us. And if you're Mark Stoops, and you look at what the SEC is, it's not it's not like the the changing of the guard. There, there's always going to be. Alabama, there's going to be LSU, there's you can say Auburn. Georgia, there's going to be Auburn. Tennessee will be back again one right. day, too. Tennessee, go, remember how much of a power Tennessee oh yeah. was for a long time. You go to the ACC right now, it's Clemson and then Who? take your Wake pick. Forest. Yep, Wake, Wake Forest, Forest right now. Wake Forest is in line to play in the Orange Bowl. Yes. Um, so if I'm a coach and it's a Power 5 conference and I'm a middle-of-the-pack SEC team, not because Kentucky's a bad team. No, no, I but agree. Because no, I exactly what you're what's saying. ahead of them. I fully agree with And what I look saying. and I can say, okay, turning it around at Florida State, May not like Florida State's been at the top. It may not take as much, and I don't have to compete against as much at Florida State as I do at Kentucky. Right now, now another name has surfaced for the Florida State job. Mm. Another Stoops, Ooh. Bob Stoops, name gonna is going to be a, a <laughs> dual hire. Stoops beating out of Stoops for a job. We're going to hire the, the, is, we're hire the Stoopses. I don't think if I'm Bob Stoops, I don't think I take that job. I would not know. He's coaching, by the way. If you know, he's coaching the XFL. Yeah, as head coach. You got to stick in the XFL. If I'm Mark Stoops, I take that job, right? It yep. sounds weird, but I think if I'm Mark Stoops, it's hard not to listen yeah, to that hard. job. Now, Mark Stoops came out and said, my focus is on this season in Kentucky. That's fine. Yep. I, I get Every you. Every coach I'm, should uh, say Yeah, that. I'm listening to you, but I think it would be very hard for Kentucky to keep Mark Stoops yep. over Florida State if Florida State does yep. offer that job. All right. The first college football rankings will come out. 
the the latest AP poll from from this past weekend had LSU one, Bama two, Ohio State three, Clemson four, Penn State five. Georgia gets itself back in the picture AP wise at yeah. six with the win over Florida. Oregon seven, Utah eight, Oklahoma nine, and then Florida ten. One team outside of that to at least mention is Baylor still undefeated at eight. No, they sit no. at eleven. All right, so tonight. Who do you think the top four will be, and in what order do you think they will be? Uh, I, st- I think they'll have LSU one. Agreed. I would put Ohio State I would two, too. based off body Absolutely. of work. Agreed. Bama, Clemson. I think I would go with that. All right, so from that point, then, where do you go? Do you put Penn State at, yeah, at five just put, because they're an undefeated yeah, Big Ten I'd team? I put Penn State up there, and then i probably have Georgia. Kind of the order almost the AP does. And, wait. And, and I think, too, you mentioned losses at different times of the year. Georgia, a few weeks ago, they think they're bubble they're out, burst. right. Now you keep winning and you handle business and, ahead of you. And, and if you, let's just say you beat an undefeated Alabama or mm-hmm. an undefeated LSU in the, in the SEC right. championship. Then you're back in. Then you're back in, and yep. they're probably – and you're still going to get two SEC yep. teams in, it looks and like. I, I still – it's just hard for me without the passing of the guard to, to say LSU is better. I got to see it. Yeah, and I, I, I got to see it. I mean, Alabama's a touchdown favorite this weekend. Um Coach O put some bulletin board material by saying this isn't their biggest game of the season. They'll have bigger ones next. But, look, I think that's what he said. I think that's what he said. I don't know for sure. I don't know what he said, but I think that. So, yeah, as of right now. I know Tony and Skyline. That's all I need. As of right now, but, but yeah, LSU, Ohio State. Alabama, Clemson. All right, let, let me let me throw Baylor at you for a moment. Not nope. to be not to be where they are ranked, but here's what they've got left. They're at TCU this week. Then they have Oklahoma at home, the nationally televised game. That stops there. Then Texas at home and at Kansas. I think I'm agreeing with you, but what if they run the table? Well, if they run the table, then they're going to take someone's spot. Are they though? Yes. Over with, a, over a one loss Bama or LSU. Yep. With a with a win I, over gonna, Oklahoma I'm, and Texas, I'm disagreeing with that. And if not, I then, appreciate your point. I'm, I'm yeah. disagreeing with that though. Good. The, the other one, the, well, we won't ever have to get there because there's no way they run the table. I, but. I, I don't disagree with you. The other one to look at though is a one-loss Pac-12 team, possibly between Utah and Oregon. Yeah, I could see that. The problem, I guess, for me is Oregon lost to Auburn, Auburn which is a two-loss SEC yep. team, and had Auburn so, ran the table and and yeah. been there, it helps them, but but they didn't, yeah. and they've lost another game along the way, so. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I think when it's all said and done, I think you get the winner of Ohio State. Penn State runs the table, probably. Yep. Although Penn State still, I mean, I'm looking ahead here, and Penn State still has Minnesota this week, and I can't take them out of the picture. I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't, don't put Minnesota on the same page. Yeah. Although their quarterback, he's a local guy from Ryle High School, Tanner yes. Morgan, doing a great job. Yes. Doing a fantastic job. They are undefeated. So uh, actually, two. It's pretty good. I think back to back this week, if I'm not mistaken. I think their game is at noon. I think it's eight no yeah. eight no three, Penn yeah, State eight no Minnesota and then three thirty LSU and uh, and, and Alabama three thirty is the UConn Cincinnati as well. Oh, that's right. You enjoy, that, enjoy that. I think this is the, I, I read this is the first time in the same week that you get one versus two in basketball and football. That's pretty good. It's pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk some NFL <sighs> and Bengals. Yeah, man, wasn't it nice? It on, was on Sunday. It was great. It was glorious man. on Sunday. Woke up, watched me a little bit of the game in London. Yep. Did a little load of laundry in between. Didn't watched stress. the one o'clock. Didn't stress about anything. Didn't have to write anything out. Didn't yep. have to. It was. It was. It was a glorious Sunday. And thank you, Red Zone Channel. You are my favorite friend. I will tell you that <laughs> right now. All right. When we continue, we will talk some NFL. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and your friends at ESP Media. Are you looking to produce your own podcast? 
ESP Media has state-of-the-art audio and video production studios available for you. Our studio rental rates are the most competitive in town. Contact us today at sales at ESPMediaSN.com or 513-655-4966. That's 513-655-4966. It's your podcast. We just produce it. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks. It's segment three. We're going to talk NFL and the Bengals. We've talked some high school football with the playoffs upon us in both Ohio and Kentucky and uh, Indiana into technically round three, which is the sectional championship games. We just talked a lot of college football, including uh, UC, the Mike Bone situation, Luke Fickle situation, the Bearcats issues, the first college football rankings, which will be coming out uh, after this podcast is is, is dumped. Mm-hmm. So there we are, dropped. Dumped is not the right word. Dropped is the word. I, I don't know how you drop a podcast, but everybody always uses the term dropped. Um, before I get to that, though, Tony, I was listening to you and, and Mo Egger, my friend Mo Egger, mm-hmm. on the Tony and, and, and Mo football show. I don't know how you, well, you get top billing there, by the way, but well, you thanks do. For listening. I do. I, I listen. I, I enjoy actually your all's banter. And uh, something that was disturbing was brought up during that pod or during that, uh, that segment mm. or the show. Uh, tell the fine folks who maybe didn't get a chance to listen. And I know everybody yeah. listens to that program, yeah. I mean, everybody. Yeah. Um, what what you did to while away the hours in in uh, in Greenville on Saturday? Oh uh, well, you had to check uh, out early, right? You yeah, check, so check, check out so your hotel. Seven p.m. game, right? Uh, we had to check out of the hotel by two, right? Got the um, extended checkout, though. Yeah. So the option was to sit in the lobby. That's no fun. And not be able to drink because it's game day. That's right, it's game day. You got a job to do. To watch football, and they had one TV on. They weren't serving food or anything. Or you could choose to spend your time however you want. Okay. So, Greenville, when in Greenville, yeah. you just Google what to do in Greenville. Right, I'm sure a lot of things come up. Well, there's a convention there, center next was, door. Was there a putt-putt? Nope. No putt-putt. Nope. Mm. There was a convention center next door. And in the convention center, they had a Christmas show, like a craft show. Oh, where, you're all about Christmas. all these different yeah, vendors. You're all, you're all about crafts yeah. and Christmas and where all these different vendors come. I already got my Christmas tree up. I heard that, too. That's a little so disturbing. Was, all that, these, was, was, that a, was that a new married thing, or is that you being you? Uh, I, I'm a big Christmas guy. Okay. So is she. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's a She's cri- a Christmas guy? Yeah, she's a Christmas woman. Oh, okay, there we go. It's a, it's a Christmas <laughs> convention, and uh, I'm walking through. Okay. And as I walk through, I see this husband and wife, and, you know, I really like to support local. Sure. You know, I'm no not doubt. about, you know, going to Bed Bath and Beyond and getting stuff. Absolutely. So it's a local local couple down there in Greenville and they're busting their butt and they got a yeah. nice stand set yeah. up and they got these um bed sheets. Right. Eighteen hundred thread count. I, I have no idea. I'm what big that on the thread. The I, higher I, I, the thread I don't count, even know what that means. Higher the thread count, the nicer the sheets. So you know how many times I've ever shopped for bed sheets in my lifetime? Know. Zero that's, zilch that's none you. nada. That's why you're so angry in the morning. I don't get a good night's sleep on yeah. my bed sheets. So I went in there and they had a deal you can't pass up on bed sheets. And so you bought and I you need obviously them. you need them. You're, yeah. you're, for those who don't know, you're you're a newlywed. newlywed What's it been, about yeah. a month? Newly married. Uh, my younger brother has uh, a teammate that he played with at Wake Forest visiting this weekend, and they're going to stay at the house. So we got a spare bedroom. Ah, so I'm like, so you, you know got what? the bed sheets for them? I'm like, I'm going to get some bed sheets. No, the old bed sheets are going to that ah, room. Okay, that's that. Taking that, the new okay, ones. That's good. So I'm like, I'm going to get bed sheets. Um, look at look at you, Mister Domestic. What I didn't think of yeah. when I bought the bed sheets. Well, you could pack those in your suitcase, right? Well, I didn't take a suitcase. Okay, well then that's a problem. So when traveling, I've decided to travel as light as possible. So I got a big backpack. Gotcha. That I 
I wear on the plane what I'm going to wear for the game. As soon as I get to the hotel, I put on what I'm going to wear out to dinner. And then you have another outfit yeah. for the game. So I basically have a, an outfit on the road. So I just pack in a backpack. Don't have to wait on your bag. It's a great situation. Well, you know, you know, they do have carry-on yeah, luggage. Guess what? You, you, they do have carry-on luggage. So what was, what was that like as you went down the aisle and mm. some of the players saw a big, tough guy, former star quarterback, Hall of Fame, UC Hall of yeah. Famer, Tony Pike, coming down so, the airplane aisle holding bed sheets. So the problem is they gave me a white plastic bag to put the bed sheets in, uh-huh. and it was kind of a see-through bag. So I tried to put, like, my UC hat to cover and other stuff to cover it up, and it took one guy, like, are those bed sheets? And, that and like, then it spread like wildfire. And that like reverberated as I kept walking because I sit in row 30 on the yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it just kind of reverberated on the way back. And it was a lot of like just looks of disbelief and head shaking. Disappointment, I think. Yeah. I mean, you're a I Hall couldn't of Famer. Did my, they have to look up to you as a Hall of Famer, right? I couldn't get to my seat quick enough and throw those sheets in the overhead. And then as I threw them up there, I like positioned my backpack in a way that to, to, uh, like, to, like you could hide it. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to tell me you threw them up there and they somehow nope. fell down and nope. fell on the row, of, row above nope. and got passed down the aisle instead. No, but they're great sheets. I bet they are. Yeah. They, they better damn well be. What, what 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 color might they be? Uh, they are a. Uh, it's like a cream. Oh, for heaven's sakes! And you actually used the term yeah. cream. Oh my yep. gosh. Okay. Cream. All right. Well, well done, Mr. Yep. Domestic. I, I appreciate I really, that. That's I, a great start to the NFL. Segment. It really is. All right. So let's talk some some <laughs> NFL. And you know when you when you get a chance to get away from this train wreck for a week, as we both did, and you get a chance to watch some other things. You realize there are actually some NFL teams out there capable of things. The the crazy thing for me, this is the second time this year that's happened, and it's bad for the Bengals organization. When they played Pittsburgh on Monday night, yep. I sat around all day I Sunday did, I did and I watched thing. great football. So did I. This Sunday, I sat around all day and I was entertained by football. Yep. And the funny thing is, as I watch this, I still get mad. Because I watch other teams around the NFL, and I'm like, how why is, can't they do that? Like, how is this team winning? How is Pittsburgh four and four yes. with no Ben Roethlisberger, no Le'Veon Bell, yep. no Antonio Brown? Had and because they made a trade in midseason, right. well, not midseason, but they made they made a trade early in the season for yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick, paid off very handsomely. Yes. And I, like, I, the I, latest coming on a 97 yard interception return yeah. for a touchdown on Sunday. That's what other teams do, right? And then I watch, I watch the Seattle game, and I'm like, you know what? Seattle has a garbage offensive line. Terrible. He takes the snap. It's literally- their defense isn't where they were. No, not and, even and close. what did Seattle do? They lost their best offensive weapon, Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Well, Russell Wilson's their best. Yeah, but I know your point. Tyler yeah. Lockett gets 16 targets, and then DK Metcalf, who who everybody, I was one of those. I'm like, uh, don't don't yeah. draft the don't oh, draft the combine just, yeah. freak. And now it's he's been, he's, been he's legitimate. And then they go get Josh Gordon. Yes. So it's like, so I watched that, and I'm like, that team had a plan. They were aggressive. This team, they had a plan. Dude, this team had a plan. And I sit here and I'm like, we're how many years removed from the Legion of Boom? Not many. Not many, right? Right. But they moved on. They realized, listen, Richard Sherman gonna have to pay him too much. Earl Thomas, you know, he flipped him out off on the way out the door because it just was acrimonious how it happened. But they moved. They they've turned their roster over to stay in the playoff conversation like that. Yep. Every team I watched on Sunday has a direction. And we're still looking for ours in Cincinnati. And say what you want about them, because I know still people don't buy in. What the Ravens did by drafting Lamar Jackson. I, yeah, I, they I, didn't just draft Lamar no, Jackson. No, we've talked about this. Look at the optics that went into it. They said, okay, we're going to move on from our Super Bowl winning quarterback. And when they drafted Lamar Jackson, they didn't just draft him. They literally 
molded a whole football roster Dude, around him. They play three tight ends. Listen, they went they, and got they, Mark they, Ingram. They already had a quality tight end in, right. in, in Hayden Hurst. They went and said, you know what? We're going to double trump that. We're going to get Mark Andrews. And they have yep. the third guy. Yeah, they've used some three tight end alignments. Yep. They decided. We're going to go get Hollywood we, we, we don't have a burner on the outside to occasionally take the top off to at least be a threat to the defense. Mm-hmm. And he can be a playmaker. And they draft Hollywood Brown. Yep. Um, they, 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 they still probably they are another. Mark Ingram. They're probably another draft away from completely upgrading or another offseason from completely upgrading their offensive line to probably where it needs to be. Right. But that offensive line is still blocking for 200 yards a game rushing. They went and got Earl Thomas. And went and got Earl Thomas like on they, the defense. Had Eric Weddle. Yes. Eric Weddle goes. Okay. Let's get Earl Thomas instead. So so you're telling me that teams can move on from veteran presence that have been great for the organization. Eric Weddle, great. Right? Joe Flacco won Joe a Flacco Super Bowl. Won a Super Bowl, yeah. So you're telling me that a team can move on and still be good and still moved rebuild? On from, moved on from Terrell Suggs. Yes. Think about that. I mean, In the offseason. Terrell Suggs is playing for what Arizona now. Yeah, yeah, yeah Arizona. Yeah, but I, man, it's like I don't it, think that wasn't again, hard for them. Arizona, but it's a football, it's Kyler a football Murray. decision. Cliff Kingsbury moving in the right direction. Like you watch it I, anywhere, and and again, and they they went out of their way to mention it during the Sunday Night Football broadcast. It's one thing to draft Lamar Jackson. It's another thing to say, you know what? We're, we're trusting. We're going all in. We're changing our system. We're changing our offense. We're playing three tight ends. Give us a fullback. Give us a, a burner on the outside. We are all in on this. And look what they're doing. Yep. If, if, if that punt isn't fumbled, it's a, it's a runaway. Yeah, in fact, I thought when that punt was fumbled, I thought, damn, Patriots just got the break. The, the yep. door just And then Ingram fumbles. Yep. Other than those two, that game's it's not even close. No, correct. I mean, correct. the Patriots were on their heels worse than I've ever seen, which is surprising because, as we talked about, I thought for sure the Ravens we're going to keep it vanilla because they didn't want to show the Bengals anything. Yeah, there's no, yeah I, I, I they didn't want to I look can't ahead. They didn't have the look ahead game. That, that stuns me that they didn't look yeah, ahead that, to the well, Bengals. I, we don't want to show Tom Brady anything because we got Ryan Finley next week. I, I had a great debate with a member of the Bengals staff last night, not coaching staff, but Bengals. It, it was a good debate. And we were talking about the AJ Green situation, and he said, mm-hmm. "I know you're one that says we should move on." He said, "Don't forget, we got ding for letting Andrew Whitworth walk, and we let we let a veteran out the door who was a presence in the locker room." Mm-hmm. And he said, "Isn't this?" the same scenario and I said I get your point but for me is it's different because when you let Andrew Whitworth walk you were in the window of opportunity to still win you needed to add to the roster at that point not subtract from the roster at this point AJ Green is nothing but an expensive luxury in a rebuild the the, to me that's apples and oranges and I I understood what he was saying it's it's like hey we're damned if we do damned if we don't I think the two scenarios are totally different yeah. just because of the timing of everything. Well, I think what's also interesting is the Bengals have used the word evaluate so much. Yeah. At, the time, they, at the time, they evaluated Andrew Whitworth and didn't think he was worth it. Well, I think the other part, too, and, and I, I, I can do this in hindsight, and I'll, I'll give them a pass in the hindsight. I think when you look around the league anymore, if you have a capable left tackle, mm-hmm. you best never let him walk. Correct. I, I mean, that's there's so few and far between. Yep. Wide receivers, are there a lot of A.J. Greens? No. But are there a lot of capable guys to play the position? Yeah. Right. No, um, I agree. I, 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 can, I can adjust to that. I can't adjust to not having a left tackle. And they obviously try to address it with, with the Jonah Williams trade. I, I agree. And... Look the, and I don't know if that was the true at the point they let Whitworth walk, but it right. sure feels like anymore, man. If you ain't got one, or if you yep. do have one, you best damn well keep one. My, the interesting point to me going forward, and you're around this organization every day, A.J. Green came out and said, I do not want to be franchise tag. That's correct. I was standing right there. Um, he was pretty adamant about it. The Bengals t- 
to reports aren't close to a deal yet. Correct. Both sides are far. You chose not to move on. You can't go back in the deadline now. Do the Bengals risk, because Mo talked about it yesterday, the right move at this point would be a franchise tag. Yes, because it's only a one-year deal. Because it's a one-year deal, and, and you get to play with the well, young quarterback coming in. But do you risk that with A.J. Green, or do you try to get a deal done? Because when you look at the – like, here's my thing. I don't know how to pay A.J. Green right now. I don't either. Do you pay him like a Julio Jones, but he hasn't shown the health-wise? or that, that Because me, because for, the for money that – For me, there's three scenarios. They're all bad, although I, I was – someone gave me one yesterday that I guess is conceivable that I'll float by here in yeah. a second. The three scenarios are this. Are you don't come to a deal, you don't franchise tag him, he walks and you get no value other than a compensatory pick right. the year after. Worst case scenario. And that could be a third round pick, and that's not great. It's not awful, but it's not great. Um, the other one is you'd go ahead and pay him like Julio Jones, which makes no sense to me when you should be in the process of a rebuild and have many, many other holes to plug. Mm-hmm. The other one is... You do franchise tag him, but then you alienate him and you send a message to other free agents around the league or other players around the league or players coming in that we don't care what you think. We're going to do what we want to do. And I don't think that's a good message. Now, the scenario that was floated to me yesterday, though, was franchise tag him and then trade him. And maybe you could do that. Because then, you know, Mm -hmm. the organization he's going to, maybe they... You know they're stuck with it. It's not. It's not their fault. He's still getting paid handsomely. It is an average of the top five. Right. AJ's point to us was: if you franchise tag me, that's another year of me getting older. That's another year right. of of me not getting a a long longer term last contract deal. Correct. Um, he is going to get again. It is you know the franchise tag. It sounds awful, and I get why players don't want it. But you still are getting paid handsomely for that year. But if you're a thirty. Two, right. and the next year he's going to be 33. Yep. Let's say he gets hurt again in the franchise tag year, then his value goes down even more. Right. Then you, so I get why he's balking at this. Yep. So it, it doesn't feel like there's a good scenario to end this to me. So what's your answer? I, I guess for me, if you can franchise tag him and then deal him, okay, go ahead yeah. and do that. I would have thought he had more value now. Yep. Maybe that's just me. No, I'm, I'm with you. They, the trade should have been made. They should have moved on. And now you're in a position where – you have this guy that the franchise loves and everyone loves, and you're going to do the one I thing. I love him. He's great. Right. But you're going to But now, you have to make those tough decisions. You're now going to do the one thing that he said, do not do. Yeah, do. I, I, right. He said it would be an insult. Yes. And that's, and and, and that's going to that, be your and, and let me tell you, people, that cat does not mince words, okay? Right. He's not outspoken, yep. but when he speaks, he yep. speaks very clearly, and he makes his point. Well, I mean, Ken Zampezi got fired because A.J. Green spoke up after that yeah. Thursday night game. It wasn't A.J. kicking and screaming. It was A.J. making a blunt point yep. that this cat can't get it done. Right. Get him out of here. Yep. And they listened. And you, you, you already did that last week, the deadline with Andy Dalton. One right. of your quiet leaders who never steps out was angry. A.J. Green said, I don't want to be franchise tagged. Are you willing to push to that level to where you do that now to A.J.? Because, again... The right move. I mean, I think you and I agree. You don't pay him Julio Jones no. money. No. The right move has already passed. Yes, the right move has already passed. The right. opportunity has already passed. Now, again, again, franchise tag and trade. Yep. Maybe. 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 But you're you're again you're running a a tight line a, a risk there of of something I don't think you want to be going down. Agreed. Uh, let's talk about the Ryan Finley decision. Um, it it kind of came after we had done the podcast last week mm-hmm. and. Um, it was funny how many people jumped to the defense of Andy and the way it was handled. I really don't have a huge problem with it. I mean, it's never going to be an easy time to make yeah. that that break. 
Um, I don't care that it happened on his birthday. I don't think you're 32 years old and, and you know, it's not like a nine-year-old birthday party right. that got ruined. You're 32 years old. You're going to have a quiet evening with the wife and kids and that'll be it for the birthday, right? Um, so I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. It's never an easy situation to bench a long-time guy. Um, did you think they handled it the right way or not? I knew that. And I get Annie's reaction, yeah, too. Don't we, get me wrong. Talked, I understand Annie's reaction. We talked a couple weeks ago, and I had said that the right time to do it is at the bye. Yeah, I know. Um, because it gives Ryan Finley an extra week. You let him prepare as the starter. You don't want to do it going into a London game because it's a weird yeah, week. Yeah, no, I, I, I've always thought December was yeah. the target. But the you, only, you, you actually made the point of the bye. Yeah. It was a good time to do the it. The only aspect that I will vouch for Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton has held himself with this team in the highest regard. Yep. He has. He sat in the offseason and watched – a historically bad defense get no better. Get no better. He watched, even though Jonah Williams was drafted and he went down, he watched his offensive line get no better. Um, he watched his team not any at any real weapons. They drafted Drew Sample to be a blocking tight end. And he never spoke up, never spoke out, never was angry, said all the right things, did all the right things. He's been the guy for nine years here. He's He's led an MVP campaign in 2015. I thought they did wrong by him with the timing. Really? I the the timing in the aspect of a conversation could have been had on that flight back from London just just between those two where Zach Taylor could say, "Hey, look, I haven't made an announcement yet, but we're going to give Ryan Finley a chance." Because at least at that point, Andy Dalton and his agent have the ability to try to just reach out. Now, the Bengals doing something would be a whole different yeah, that's... scenario, but I think Andy Dalton's anger doesn't come as much from the benching, but the fact that he still wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He feels like he's that good enough. And the timing at which it happened, not being benched, not at the bye week, but right before the just hours before the deadline, I think made it hard for them to find a suitor and to come to some type of agreement. That's the only point that I think in retrospect, Andy Dalton was I just making. don't know if they were going to find a suitor. I think we yeah. all assumed there was one, and maybe, maybe there's just, I mean, the Bears. If it was a week later, it would have been the Bears, because I think they've yeah, seen everything Yeah, a week later, Trubisky. yes. Yeah. I think they wanted to give Mitch Trubisky one more yeah. swing at it, and it can't And right. I think in the offseason, I, I see the point that there's, I, I have a handful of because teams. Because for those that don't know, he, he is still under contract yeah. with the Bengals through next year, so they could technically, yep. they have his rights in this offseason to make a deal. Yeah. And there is a, there are, I think there are some suitors I have a there. handful. I have the Chargers Tampa. with Rivers getting, yep. Rivers going to throw 38, Arians in Tampa, um, Mariota in the Tennessee situation. What, what about this one? I have Denver and I have Chicago. Well, I got another one for you. What if Brady calls it quits? Yeah. What if a team in the division comes calling? Who might that team be? Pittsburgh. Hmm. What if... I don't think you deal him to the team Ooh, inside the could division. Could you imagine? Oh my God! Could you imagine Andy Dalton playing against the Bengals two times a year? <laughs> what if he beats them? Two oh, oh boy! And then he goes to Pittsburgh and they win a playoff game oh, in his no, first year. No, stop. No, la 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 See? la la la. No, don't, but there's, don't do it. I think I think there's a path, and I think if you're the Bengals, and I was talking to to someone this past week about this, Ryan Finley's like 208 pounds. Yes. I mean, he's not a big, like he's not. Added a lot of weight yet. That's correct. You're throwing him in behind a very bad offensive line. Against a defense that blitzes 50, yes. 49 point whatever percent of the, basically 50% yes. of the time. A team that can't run the ball. A, de- a defense yeah, jo- that can't and Speaking of which, Joe Mixon obviously voiced his frustration yes. about that yesterday. But he what, tried to mince words, oh, but, yeah. but there was but, frustration But there. what's interesting to me, what if, and I hope Ryan Finley does well, what if Ryan Finley has a Nathan Peterman first I, half? I, I brought that up. What if, what if Ryan Finley gets banged up? 
can you can you turn back and say, "Hey, Andy, love you. You're you're the guy." <laughs> you're the guy. Like to me, and, and I know, and I would say, I mean, Zach made a point of yeah. this is not a short term decision. And but, I know the but, schedule but, but, gets, but I go with the nuclear option. What if there is the Nate, right. Nathan Peterman moment? What yep. if there is because Ryan Finley getting because knocked what is, around and what is Zach up? Taylor pitching? We're 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 we're, we're all in. We're, we're we're wanting to win now. Okay. Well, if that's the case, and your quarterback those four interceptions and a half, yeah. What then? Again, I, I watched the Sunday night football game, the first series of the game. Earl Thomas uh, pressured Tom Brady. Tom Brady had to throw the ball away. Earl Thomas came on, tackled came, him. Came on a blitz. And Tom Brady was smiling. And I'm like, what is going on? Well, they high-five going off the field. And then you find out Earl Thomas in his career doesn't have a sack. So Baltimore found a way to give Tom Brady a look that he wasn't expecting. Yep. What are they going to do to a quarterback that – is making its first start. Historically, they, they played Arizona earlier this year, and they talked to someone leading up to the week about Baltimore's success against rookie quarterbacks and said if, if they had 60 snaps in a game, 50 could be multiple looks. That's right. So you, you're throwing a lot because it, it does. You get the Jets, the Dolphins, the Browns twice, uh, Pittsburgh. The, the schedule eases up in the second half a little bit, the Raiders. But for a first start. But for a first start to be Baltimore. See, that. That's the difference of Zach Taylor that I don't understand. Because Zach Taylor's like, we're doing everything we can to win. Then that would have probably been Dalton this week with A.J. Green against, well, well, against Baltimore. That, that's the thing. Dalton's had success against Baltimore. Right. He's A.J. Green's see, had success. He, he's able to see those looks and check out. In fact, he yep. won a couple of games in Baltimore by seeing a that, certain look checking out of it. That's why this team has had success against Baltimore. Yes. Because Remember last year? Remember yes. last, last year, second game of the year yep. against Baltimore? Here, they blitzed the AJ first Green half. Did, yeah. And A.J. Green had single coverage, caught three first half touchdowns. Yep. Second half, they stopped blitzing. And they actually came back because right. they said, well, they're just killing us. We, cannot, we can't keep doing this. Yes. Against the kid? Yep. And, and that's why I'm not so sure it's fair to Ryan Finley for this to take place if a, now. If you're a young quarterback and you want to know what the NFL game is all about, watch the game Sunday and watch how many different looks Ryan Finley's yes. going to get snap to snap. Now, he can come off the field and Andy can help him with some yeah. of that, but you also have to be able to be on the right. field. You're, you've been in You're making quick decisions. Yes. Look, you you have a split second if a team this, this blitzes. This feels like a Joe Mixon 10 catch for 45-yard game on the check down. See, it, the, it, the king it, of the it should be. But I don't think Baltimore lets that happen. Yeah, like I don't think Baltimore comes. I think Baltimore comes in the game and says we're going to pressure him. We're not going to let him dink and dunk. We're going to come out and pressure the guy. And again, if Ryan Finley and makes that's the thing, how, how, the field, how effective great. can AJ Green be? We don't. We still don't even know. And I don't know how how much can he play. Yeah, right. You've been out since the the first practice of the preseason. Surely your conditioning isn't at that level. Right. right. I mean that's game types. So it it's going to be interesting to me, man. It. Look, at least it's interesting. At least it's something to watch on Sunday. I will give you that part, and I, I'm interested in watching as well. What do you make of the dumpster fire that is the Cleveland Browns, and who is to blame? Man, I, at this point— Is it, this all on Freddie Kitchens? Is yeah. this on John Dorsey somewhat? I think it's Freddie Kitchens right now. Like, You go back a couple weeks, they took the—he basically told his player to false start on yes. fourth down. Yes. Um, he, I don't think he's won a challenge, which I've watched— they lose timeouts like it's nothing, and then just the. I think he the, had to challenge that fourth down yeah, spot, though. But the critical, I, I do. the critical play calling. Say what you want, Nick Chubb runs hard. Yes, he does. If it's fourth they, and one, dude, I'm Nick putting Chubb, my money on that guy. Nick Chubb's great. Yes, third and one, they run a slow developing sweep on the last drive of the game. I just, I don't think, with everything's firing, that Freddie Kitchens can get it done. Now I think what Freddie Kitchens does well, it, it's like the whole Zach Taylor we're talking about. Just focus on the offense. Just, just be the offensive coordinator. 
and handle that. I think Freddie Kitchens was great in that. When you're trying to worry about everything else. It's a lot. And then to me, if you're struggling, your best player needs touches. How not just they, touches, how, how but have they targets. Not, and you're talking about Odell Beckham. How, yes. how have they not utilized him more? I know, and, one, I, and I know people can always say, well, teams can take him out. No, they don't. No. Not, not elite players. Elite players don't get taken out of the mix. I honestly don't even know if it's it's underutilizing. It's just I don't know if Baker's making the right reads. Right. Like, fourth down with your season so, on the so line, and you question. throw into double coverage right. on Jarvis Landry instead of giving Odell, who made numerous— Well, and he missed him on the one throw, yeah, too. made numerous— Great catches throughout the course of the game, and then you don't give him a chance. So, how has Baker Mayfield regressed? Because oh. last year it looked like, for all the world, like they had got a steal. It, it, I, think he's, I think I think there's so many different options, and he's a young quarterback, and I think he's in the mindset of I got to get everybody involved. I got to make this work. I got to make this. And when you watch him, he's so uncomfortable in the pocket. Terribly right now. uncomfortable. Like last year, he stood in the pocket. You remember all the moves? Like, he would get out of the pocket and throw a ball 40 yards down the field mm-hmm. to a small one. He has no confidence right now. He's taken sacks. The offensive line has regressed. Yeah, that, that hasn't helped. You're right. And I think he's he has all these new weapons around him. He's like, I'm going to make everybody happy. You cannot do that in the NFL. What you can do is say, this is our best playmaker. He gets 10 targets at least a game. Nick Chubb gets these targets. And whatever else happens, it happens. You can't make everybody happy. Right. You can't make Jarvis Landry happy and Joku all this. You make Odell happy, and you make Chubb happy. I would give I, them their touches, right. and whatever happens outside of that happens. And too much extra, like quit all the commercials, all this other stuff. Like, see, Baker, I, I've heard that I, he I, shaved I twice on Sunday. <laughs> did you see that? I did not see that. He part. came to the game with like a full patchy goatee, and then he shaved into like the handlebar yeah, thing, which that looked goofy. And then he shaved it after the yeah. game. So, did the? I think what sums it up. Did you see the picture of? Like Baker Mayfield's GQ photo shoot, yes, yes, and then Baker Mayfield after the game Sunday, he looks like he's aged ten years. Yeah, he's he's putting too much on his plate. He's trying to make everybody else happy, and his play is is dipping because of no it. No doubt. All right, did did Baltimore's win? Is it just what happens in the NFL that look nobody's going to really go undefeated? It's very hard to do all those things. Or does it now open the door in the AFC for Baltimore? It's open. For Kansas City. The, the door's open. When Pat Mahomes comes back. Four, and I'm telling you, team, I'm starting to like more and more. They've got some offensive line issues, and they don't have J.J. Watt. I'm liking Houston yeah. more and more the more well, I watch them. Again. I love Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson gives you a chance. Yeah. And they have multiple options at receiver now. And at running back. Duke Johnson and, at running back. And Carlos back. Hyde. Yep. I like them. I was, I was hesitant on the Patriots because of who they've played this season. Look at their – I mean, the, their division no, alone right. yeah. is awful. Um, but when you look at Baltimore, they have a quarterback like no one else in the league. I still worry. They have a – I still worry. You, I, yeah, you it's still It's been do. more effective – look, I, I would tell you this, and I, I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong on him being able to play in the NFL. Yeah. I never thought he could, could do it. But he's, he's – But I'm also still worried that – we saw that with Robert yeah. Griffin the third initially. Boy, look at how the, this is going to revolutionize football. Yeah. And but RG three was more. He was more reckless. Reckless. He was more. Lamar, sh- throw it around. Like, I don't see anybody get a clean hit on no, Lamar. I will tell you that it's and weird. He's always, it's like the when you watch Lamar like a zone read, and the ends in a position to make the play, he can accelerate and beat the end it, to the his angle. Speed is absurd, and he gets four or five yards when it should have been minus right. two. So here's what they have: they have a quarterback that does nothing like anyone else in the league. They have a system that you don't see in the NFL. And they run personnel that you don't see in the NFL. How many teams for that much of the game run three tight end sets? Not many. So 
Not what being is, run a fullback any longer. Right. So what do you do with your defensive personnel? Like for the Bengals, it's a nightmare because you play an extra linebacker. Which you don't want to do. Right. So you got all these big bodies and all of their tight ends can catch. All of their tight ends can make plays in the passing game. Lamar has shown the ability to take the top off with Marquise Brown. So you have a system that's essentially like we talk about in high school when you play a Cole Rain and you're not used to seeing a triple option team and you only get really two full practice days. That's kind of what Lamar Jackson and Baltimore possess, and now they're growing off of it. You see little wrinkles each week. Yep. And at the end of the day, they went and got Mark Ingram, and you saw that pay off against the Patriots. So, to me, it's, it's the perfect storm of we're building a roster. And getting better. And we have it. a plan, and we're going to get better, and we're going to keep evolving. Yeah. And, and I think that's where all the success comes. Again, every win they get, their confidence grows. I agree with that. And that becomes a scary thing. I'm interested to see from Baltimore how they handle that. Like, you just beat the undefeated Patriots. You got an 0-8 football team. How do you handle that this Sunday? I think that goes a long way when you start talking about legit contenders or not. Yeah, I, I think they can even have their, their D-minus game and win. Yeah. I think people expect them to win and win convincingly, yep. and maybe that, that will show it. Are they going to have right. a letdown? Because they are going to have – there's going to be a let, – there just is. It's just the human nature of, of sports that you come off of a game like that and, and, and have that, right. that letdown, for goodness sakes. Um, all right, that's all I got for right now. You got anything else? That's all. All right, enjoy those bed sheets, okay? Oh, I can't wait. What's your next big purchase when you go on? Where's the next road? Oh, South Florida. Oh, right? man, I don't know. Tampa? I don't know. Come back with a box of cigars. Go down to the... To, to the to, yeah, you're, yeah, your wife wouldn't like that. You got to do something for the wife, I'm guessing. Mm. No, I, I mean, I, I gained some points bringing bed sheets I back. know you. I'm sure you did. Oh, my goodness gracious. Did you put them on or did you make her put them on? I haven't, I haven't put you them haven't on You haven't put them yet. on yet? Okay. No. Yeah, but you'll be I've been one. really busy. I, I know that. You know, I had to you're, put a tree and stuff up. I know. Got your tinsel? Did you go with the tinsel? No. Real or fake? No, it's fake. Yeah. It's, it's definitely fake. Okay. I'd have to water things and stuff. Yeah, you don't want any part of that. No, I, I trust Mother Nature to water anything outside. Very well done. All right. Uh, appreciate it. For our executive producer, Rob Evil and Tony Pike, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for listening. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from your friends at ESP Media. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're